0: I hope welcome back to the show, Living with Climate Change, and today's show uh, is going to be a a state of the world and climate action. So there will be two parts of the show. Uh, First, we're going to look at just an overview of the state of our world now. I think this is important just to get the big picture and get a handle on where we're at, where we're going. Uh, I think that this will be helpful to you. And then the second part, we're going to look at what is being done about climate change on a global level. And is it enough? And... uh, so, I think that this show is going to be good news, uh, a positive uh, message uh, for all of us. I hope so. So, let's get right into it. Now, I want to look back over roughly the last hundred years and, and just let's get an idea of how far we've come, how, how well human civilization has advanced and progressed and I think that we'll find that we're, we've done pretty well. Now I'm going to start, let's go back just about to 1900 or so and see the state of our world now and how wh- where we're at. Okay so now let's remember in 1900 there were about one and a half billion people in the world. Uh, but let's look, let's just look at some of the main issues that we measure our world in, in advancements. Uh, we Let's just, child mortality, now we know that that's gone way down. That is, children dying before the age of five years old, and that has been, reduced dramatically Um, let's look at major things uh, that like famines Um, now let's go back now there have been famines of course uh, all through the ages and but i want to just go back to about the 1900 and see, let's look, let's just review the major famines that have happened in the world. Now, if we go back, well, let's, let's go to 1876. Now, that was a bad, a bad time uh, in the world. About 20 million people died of famine, of, of starvation. and of of a world of, you know, less than a billion and a half people. Uh, And that was in China, Brazil, India, and Africa, a combination of those. These are just estimates, okay, there's nothing, these are general estimates that probably are true, uh, more or less, you know, Uh, but I think it's uh, important that we look at this. So. Now, besides that, let's go to about 1902. Now, there was a drought. There, there, yeah, there was a, a famine in India. It took about about two million people died, and that was associated with drought and colonialism, of course. In 1907, uh, China had a famine, and about 25 million people died. So, I mean, let's put that in perspective. Uh, uh, massive die-offs. Uh, yeah, Iran, there was a bad famine in 1917, about 10 million. Russia 1921, 5 million. China 1930, 3 million. Russia 1933, 8 million. China again 1936, 5 million people died of starvation. China again 1942, 3 million. Iran 1942, 3 million. Vietnam 1945, after World War II, 2 million people died of starvation. Russia, 1947, 1 to 2 million. And China, in the uh, the Cultural Revolution, 1961, 43 million people died of starvation and then the last really bad period in the world of of massive uh mortality was in the set in in you could say bangladesh 1974 about a million and a half people died of starvation and cambodia of course we had the killing fields the khmer rouge at least two million people died starvation and, and just you know, murder, and then we had the Vietnam War at that time, so this was, a, in a way, that was the last really horrible time in the world, uh, I think, I could say, and, okay, since then, other than this exception I'll make, uh, mention, uh, and also, throughout this time, there were other other, starved, other famines with hundreds of thousands of people that I just didn't mention. So you can see the struggle of just getting food in the world of the 20th century. Now this is interesting, in 1994 to 1998, North Korea, they think that three and a half million people starved, probably more than that. But that's a—they're an isolated exception in the world now, as we know. Um, so those those are famines, and since then, uh, you know, we we haven't had anything this terrible. Uh, some, but nothing like that we've seen. So I think that's interesting to look at, at this. Uh, so let's, now let's just look at wars real quickly. Of course there are many wars, still are sh- small type wars, but nothing like the 20th century that we will look at is, uh, of course, the World Wars. World War I, 10 million people died. At the same time, 50 million people died of influenza. Young people. Uh, that's quite dramatic. In World War II, an estimated 70 million people died, and then in Vietnam, uh, uh, three and a half, probably more. And so that's, since then, I, of course we've had wars, but nothing like this, Nothing except one that I didn't really... I'm, The Congo had a war and supposedly in 2000 that 3 million people died. I was so busy in my life that I don't remember that. Um, Now that's, so I think you can see uh, the 20, as bad as things are. The I ran, you know, but I think that the thing, the world has gotten better in in this way, of course. Now let's look at poverty. A hundred years ago, it's estimated that 75% of the world lived in poverty. Now you could define what is poverty. Uh, I imagine that it's just the basic needs, people trying to, to survive. Um, I need to say more about that. We still have poverty, it's but nothing like that so we've come a long way as 10% or more there is poverty of course but we know that it is nothing like that I mean that is a I mean just a hundred years ago That's that's amazing let's look at other things that have you know, gotten better. Uh, colonialism is what pretty much ended. Um, democracy, we could say, uh, you know, uh, two-thirds of the world governments, democracy, whether how well they run is question, but, uh, uh, you know, violence and it has, has down, I think, really, over the... If you think about how the world used to be, um, that things are safer, transportation now is so much safer. Um, Let's look at natural disasters. So that's a big thing we're worried about in the future with climate change. But let's look back at the natural disasters of course we won't go back too far but the big the worst one we go back to 1931 in china there was a flood and it killed 4 million people and uh, of course and i must say those some of those famines were Or or, 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 uh, related to uh, drought, and uh, and then there were many. Besides that, in the there have not been massive casualties from natural disasters in the to twenty the twenty first century, other than and a lot of earthquake, just mostly earthquakes. The Indian Ocean, 2004, I think that was a tsunami that was bad, killed 200,000. Uh, but, yeah, it, but, but pre-1900, there were even, you know, there were, I think that that's, there were bad national disasters. And I think that's from just them not being able to know about it or, anyway. I think we can say that that now I, is down, at least the deaths from it. Education uh, is, you know, incredible now. Ninety percent world literacy. Health and nutrition. Um, at least we know so much more about it. Health and and we have the ability, the ability if we take personal responsibility to, to be healthy and, and nutrition and is much better. Um, you know in the bat- and also in the past uh, plagues and things which may be why the the you know the black plague and things which may be why to a uh, uh, population remained low for so long um technology now the internet i mean you know just a a a wonderful thing for everyone um and most recently, now is the that I think is very promising for the world is what's called the sharing economy or this peer to peer economy uh, that is based on distributed power. And I think that has a lot of promise. And we won't go into that, but that is now. These are just things that I think we get lost and we talk about how horrible the world is and humans and we've destroyed the planet and all this and I just think that you need to we need to put this in perspective that that we have to realize we came from a world that was People were trying to stay alive, starving, droughts, all these things, war, plague, all these things that just made life brutal throughout our history. And yes, we took, we used our ingenuity and used this fossil fuel energy that we could get. That was abundant and and just the density of the energy in, in oil is amazing and people used it. Now, I think you have to realize coming out of this type of a world, and people just used it and moved forward. Now what is the the environment has been degraded, no doubt about it, and that's But I, you know, we know that the the costs of all of our success is at the cost of the environment. But I don't think you can blame people for this. And it was a gradual thing. and, And you have to realize that, I mean, not even... I, I would think the mid twentieth century. I don't think people thought of a, the world as limited in the the resources. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure people were aware of it, but uh, you know, and there were, and there were in 1950 there were only two and a half billion people, and that's why. You know, yes, we just, we developed into this carbon lock-in world, like I was saying last show. But I think that it's important that we see the world this way and in, in, in a rational way. And this is something else that I, I don't think is mentioned in the, in the, In the news too much, you get, uh, you know, our news is uh, sensationalistic and and it concentrates on just silly events and bad things and things, and we get lost in these things. And uh, I hope that, uh, so I'm trying to bring awareness to things like this, and uh, we have all kinds of problems, there's no doubt about it, that I'm not going to mention now, but, you know, of course it's not a, a perfect world, but I think we've done pretty well. And, uh, you know, the the environmental movement started in the 60s, you know, with Rachel Carson's book, and, uh, and I know that the United States has You know, did a lot back then in the 70s, and I think we've lost our way now, but uh, I hope that we can change that. Now, on a global scale, I wanted to mention something that I thought would and get your opinion on it. Now, we know that it's called the Kuznets curve. And it's the, it's the theory that, well, it's called uh, grow fast, clean up later. And we know that we did that in our industrial revolution. And, you know, the I mean, that's, I'm worried about the, the developing countries, what they're going to do, you know, I mean, the U.S. and and Europe, especially Europe, is is doing well on pollution and things. Um, but I, India, China, I mean, it's so the Kuznets curve. It you know it goes uh, it 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 goes up and then once. Everybody's happy with their develop, their needs are met and everything. Uh, until then, they don't care about pollution. And obviously, you can see this in the developing world. Um, but when they get up to their developmental stage, where they start, then they don't want unhealthy drinking water and pollution, air pollution, all these things. And then they address them, and the pollution starts to go down, and development levels out. And I think we can look and say that the North, or we call the West, or the developing countries, you know, in general, we are at that point. We are comfortable. And I'm not going to get too much into this, but I think that we have a responsibility to, because a lot of the, I mean, if you agree that a lot of the co- climate change, especially the carbon emissions, are from our development. So we have a responsibility, and that's the argument of India, China, and and they say, "Well, you grew, and and you're out of poverty, and the problem's your fault, and now you want us to not grow." And they have a point, but we have to lead, and and we have to help them. Now that's quite hard when you have a president, especially uh, in America, that. Uh, is not going to face this, but Europe has done quite well. They know it, and uh, anyway, I mean, you can see that. Given this problem, I mean that is what needs to be done. Not only we we change our energy systems mainly, and and. Uh, We deal with our missions, but we have to help them too. Information sharing, and uh, it's time to, that the world has to come together on this. And so that is also part of why I'm trying to, trying to help awareness of of, of breaking down these divisions people and me this little channel what is it going to help but it's everybody you know you want to change the world change yourself do whatever you can and this is what I'm trying to do alright so let's now look at what what are the major? What are we doing about climate change? What are the? How is the world facing this on a global scale, or are we? So let's let's look at that. Now, the main governance, the international. Governance of the world is from is the United Nations, and as we all know, I hope so. <laughs> Who has 193 member states, almost the entire world, right? And it came out of World War II because of the hor- the, the, the the just the horrendous state of the world, and it was so bad that something like this evolved. United Nations I know it's criticized and needs reformed but it's all we have and it's for international peace human rights and sustainable development mainly and it's but that's all we have right now now the IPCC is out of that is out of it is connected with the United Nations And The IPCC report itself is looking at global response to the climate change and it is looking at sustainable development and eradicating poverty. So they've integrated all these measures in the IPCC report. It's a, a monumental paper that is long hundreds of pages that does more than estimate or predict future temperatures and I think we should be a, we should be a, give them credit for this uh, the United Nations you know, We, uh, I'll mention a guy I, I like so much as Ted Turner, and he gave a billion dollars to the United Nations. I think it was in the late 90s. And uh, we need more guys like him. Anyway, so the what else has the United Nations done? Well, they have created, in 2015, we have the Sustainable Development Goals. And this is an updating of in the 2000, the new millennium. If you can remember, we had the millennial goal, the millennium goals. I think it was called. But this is, you know, this is the updated thing. And there are 17 goals. And let's look at. I want to show you a graphic of those right now. I can. And so, I hope you can see these, 17, and the number one is no poverty, two is uh, zero hunger, three good health and well-being, quality education, gender. And so you can see these, and I think you should note that, the, the, and there's also a pyramid, They The first 10 are the basic uh, goals and they are considered the foundation that needs to be set first. And those are all dealing with people and human rights. And then 11 through 15 are all ecological goals. You can see sustainable cities, Responsible consumption and production, climate action, life below water, life on land. And then the last two are considered like spiritual goals. Peace, justice, and strong institutions, partnership for the goals. Now, I don't know about the... the I think you can argue the what should be done first. Um, and these are quite... Uh, quite big goals Um, so I'll uh, I hope we're all familiar with these Uh, I'll take them off the screen now and um, now so each So all of the governments of the 193 members of of the governments in the world have been given these and they're supposed to be working on them and they're supposed to translate these goals into legislation. So this is being done. This is what the world is trying to do on a global scale Um, And I'm sure there's criticism. Uh, I'm sadly uh, have to report that from my research that the U.S. is in the last place of, I'm sure, the major countries of doing anything uh, with these goals and into legislation supposedly europe has done well and in india's tried and a lot of the other countries have tried at least um excuse me and there there was a u.s agency and it was called project everyone and it was uh, it was a project to communicate these goals to a wider audience and I don't know what I mean, I don't know what happened to that. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, so that's that's what we have with the United Nations and trying to fight climate change. So obviously these are you know we have the ipCC report we have the white paper of the the, the the sustainable development goals with all kinds of information on how to do this. Now, so we can do this, we have the foundation. There are people in the world that are trying to trying to deal with this and make the world as as good as we can. And I think that the world is getting better and better. And I think we have to have hope and be positive and go out and work in the world to make it a better world and stop this division and the cynicism. I talk to people and they tell me how terrible the governments are and the corporations, and I don't know. I don't, unless I know firsthand information I'm not going to assume that everybody is evil all these governments and everybody they might be but I'm not going to assume that and do nothing so we have to we have to be positive here and take action. And I never forgot John F. Kennedy, what he said. And I think we need leaders like that. And I hope they uh, evolve. And I think we have a, a, I I see this young lady that you probably know who I'm talking about, that i like, we need more like her, and we're going to talk about that later. But let's continue on with a show that's it's running on. Now that's a major thing we have going. What else is the world doing about climate change? Now we have something here that I'm familiar with. It's called the Deep Decarbonization Pathways Project, and that's from 2013. And it is all about how to trans- transition to sustainable energy systems. And I know about this because they offered a free class uh, that actually the, the author, Jeffrey Sachs, a famous guy, he taught part of it, and it was for free, and it was online. And the, I took a class called Climate Action, Solutions for a Changing Planet. And I did that and got my, took my test and got my little uh, diploma. I don't, I tried to look it up and I I don't think they're, uh, I'm not sure if they're, uh, if they have those anymore. That was a year ago. Um, But it is a global consortium. And this, so this is a global, you know, an INGO. I mean, an IGO, right, as a government, Uh, and there are energy research teams, and they're working on this, how to do this. And there's just about 15 of the major developed countries are involved with this. And so that's another major thing that governments are trying to do. And it was, uh, you know, it's a tough thing to do, but they're trying. And I think we should, I'm hopefully that you're aware of this. I think this gives us more uh, encouragement. Now, I think those are the those are the main ones that I know of. Maybe you know of more. Um, but, and then we have a lot of NGOs like Sierra Club and Greenpeace that are trying to do things. But I don't know how I'm... Uh, and all kinds of groups and that I don't know about, I'm sure. NGOs all over the world uh, that we can be grateful for. Um, now there's another thing that I think that I know about. is the United States Green Building Council. They They have, this is all about architecture that I know a little bit about. And they have this lead rating system, and so that's a good thing. Uh, I took my test; I'm a lead uh, uh, professional, lead uh, accredited professional. And so these, so we know how to make buildings very sustainable with with little impact. We know how. They're more expensive to do. That's why people don't do them. But we know how and it is advanced we uh, there's something that I, that i know about that it's uh, been around the idea and there's not many of them but there's actually we know how to make living buildings so and they're not i mean they can look like normal buildings they can be a house or a, anything that actually that just function like an organism and are completely sustainable, and create their own energy, and and deal with their waste, and everything else, and it, they're amazing. I, I'm just saying that we know how to do this. And of course there are net zero buildings and all these things, and I know that I worked for an engineering firm that was Belgium, and this was five years ago, and I remember they passed policy in Belgium that any new building, I think it was by 2020, any new building had to be net zero energy building. Uh, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that Europe is doing. These, And I just think put that in perspective of America, my goodness. Um... So this is further, I'm just, I'm trying to establish our understanding of the problem and how we're dealing with it and we have the technology. Now there are other individuals, of course, doing things, you know, people like Elon Musk and, and, uh, but I wanted to mention uh, uh, something that is a, I'm quite impressed with is this Paul Hawken guy and he has a book called drawdown a hundred solutions to reverse global warming and so he has a website and it is you know these are these are amazing things that we can do uh, in food electricity generation uh, building transportation materials all these things so it is quite easy to reduce impact. Now I know these uh, uh, these things are expensive, I guess, I don't know why they have to be, but they are. Uh, and as you're probably thinking and you know is that our existing infrastructure all over the world is the problem. <laughs> We aren't starting from scratch. Um, And that's quite a problem to retrofit and upgrade, but it can be done. Lead is is leading the way. It it has, it's changed a lot since I got my certification, but, and of course we can do, you know, if you want to, you want to do something, you know, make your home net zero. Uh, so let, I'll, let's wrap this up, and uh, I hope that uh, this was uh, informative for you. Um, so to summarize, you know, there there's. I hope that you, it's, you've been able to look at the world a little differently and uh, see where we've come from and why we're at, in our, the position we're in and to look for the future. And we can uh, I don't think it's hopeless. Um, and I don't see any interest of uh, just constantly dwelling on these, you know this stuff. And let's get to, uh, and quit shrugging off anybody that says we can do something about it. Um, I hope that none of us are doing, none of you are doing that. But uh, I I see that kind of, you know, I I feel it. Um, that's it for this show. And next time I want to have a show on what we can do. Uh, personally in our lives and action that could be taken and just kind of talk about those things i think that might be helpful instead of and, and instead of not doing anything and and worrying about it you know we get get do as much as we can um okay thank you i i think that's a long enough for a show I hope you've stayed with me, and I hope that uh, I hope that it's been of use to you. And uh, thank you for joining me. And I will see you on the next show. Bye bye.